The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Whoa! Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is Friday, October 12th. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King. Scott Angle. Scotty, how are you doing? I hope you're doing better than the uh, prospects of the Giants season. Well, I'm all fired up as we open up with a little Detroit Rock City here. Uh, but, you know, that was that's not a fun game to watch other than Saquon Barkley on the losing side. I was more entertained by watching Gabe Morrissey at the game on Periscope. Yeah, I mean, listen, I saw Gabe in studio, uh, you know, because I was there for Fantasy Freestyle. They were having a good old time. Big shout out, of course. Happy birthday to the fantasy executive, Corey Parsons. Gabe and Corey went over to the game. I'm sure they had a big old time. But what they saw was the Philadelphia Eagles beating the New York Giants 34 to 13. Yeah, I mean, listen. Saquon Barkley is good. <laughs> like, I don't really know what else to say. Saquon Barkley, 130 yards on the ground with a touchdown, another nine catches, 99 yards in the air. And, I mean, honestly, if you watch that game, you saw that, like, when they give the ball to Saquon Barkley, he's making two, three, four guys miss. He's cutting all the way across the field. He looks to me, I don't know if this is the right comparison point. You know, he's really, really shifty, unlike anybody I've seen in a long time. But he's also a kind of sturdy body. You know what I mean? He's not like just a little scat back. The best comparison I can think of right now out of another back in the NFL would be like early LaShawn McCoy, Scott. You know, a guy who was so shifty and had 
said, like, you know, wasn't just a little guy. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen this in a while. It's, 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 it's Saquon Barkley and not a lot else. I mean, Saquon Barkley is ripping off like a 40, 50 yard run. And then just because like when he goes to the sidelines, cause he's tired, that's when the draw, the drive stalls. Um, this is all Saquon. He's really amazing. Yeah, as far as a scouting perspective, I, he doesn't remind me of a McCoy. McCoy is like a cutback runner who makes people miss. Uh, you know, Barkley's got more juke than cutback, and I think he's got more more speed. It's, it, to me, he almost looks like Todd Gurley with extra gear. You know, I think he's I think he's that talented. Like Gurley's great, but like he's not. He doesn't have this blazing speed where he can run away from people like like Barkley does. I just. I, it's almost like Barkley really doesn't have a comparison to anybody yeah. that I've that I've seen. You know, just leaping over defenders. You know, you heard some Barry Sanders comparisons too. But, but he's a bigger guy than Barry Sanders, right? Yeah, exactly. And and Barry Sanders wasn't a goal line guy. He wasn't a pass catcher. So you know, maybe you know, I I, I think Emmett Smith, but then Emmett Smith didn't have as much speed. He's got but more. Saquon, Saquon Barkley is so talented that it's really hard for me to think of a comparison. And, you know, yesterday was really the stamp that, you know, if you drafted him in the top three and you were aggressive, it, it you made a good call. Yeah, absolutely. You didn't know what was going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. He certainly has outperformed David Johnson in those kind of top five picks. I remember saying that I was not – remember, and you guys thought I was crazy. I was saying that I was not – I was low on David Johnson this year, and I would even take Saquon over David Johnson going into the draft. I was saying that. I said that there was a new quarterback, a new coach in Arizona. I mean, maybe I'm not right because of those reasons, but I was saying of the top four, I was least high on David. Johnson, but Saquon Barkley looks absolutely amazing. He is that offense. I got to ask you, though, on the flip side of this, right? Because I do believe he is the offense. I mean, there was a time, Scott, they had it like first and goal on the four. And I was at the bar with my boys, right? Um, had a good one of my best friends is in town from LA for some weddings and blah, blah, blah. Big Giants fan. And we're watching the game. It's like first and goal on the four. I'm like, listen, guys, what they need to do right now is hand Saquon Barkley the ball four times if need be. They didn't. And Eli, you know. Almost half of the balls Eli throws looks like it's going to get interception or he just airmails it. So I got to ask you, Scott, okay, you have this generational potential running back here. But the passing game, you know, I mean, Eli, he throws for 281 yards. He only throws for one pick. But, like, you have Odell frustrated with only 44 yards receiving. Sterling Shepard only 37 yards receiving. Is this going to be a team or should this be a team that is just a run-first team? I don't think it can be a run first team because the run blocking is not good enough. They have to they have to get Saquon Barkley open in space. The offensive line is still an issue. You know, they still have they have one or two good line, but there were just so many breakdowns last night, you know, even by Nate Sauter last night. So that's why they can't consistently run the ball. You see a lot of times when they hand Barkley the ball, if he doesn't break a big play, he's losing yardage or getting stuffed right. near the line of scrimmage. So this team is broken, and there's no way for them to fix it, really. You're gonna, you know, there's going to be up and down weeks. Like last week, you know, they look very good offensively, and this week they don't. Uh, you know, the Eagles came to play and showed they, you know, that they are still uh, have to be considered a contender. Yeah, the Eagles, in my opinion, are still clearly the class of the NFC East. And I got to tell you something, Scott. I mean, I don't know that I would have ever thought this going into the season. Um, 
But Alshon Jeffrey makes a huge difference in this offense. You know, I mean, Carson Wentz goes 278 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, right? Going into this, you know, in the early season, you had Aguilar, you had Ertz, right? You still have Ertz. He gets another seven catches, only 43 yards, but he does get in the end zone. Nelson Aguilar has three catches for 91 yards, including one on what on a ball where Carson Wentz's arm gets hit as he throws, and it just chucks up you it looks like the Giants are there for a pick waiting for it like a fair catch on a punt and then out of nowhere comes Nelson Aguilar across the middle grabs it and kind of and turns it you know into like a 50-yard gain you know those are the kind of things that happen to the snake-bitten Giants but Alshon Jeffrey Scott eight catches 74 yards and two touchdowns I mean this guy is clearly the number one receiver clearly a big part of the passing game and was clearly missed by the Philadelphia Eagles Eagles. Scotty, moving forward, is Alshon Jeffrey, what, a high uh, and a wide out two? A high end one at that? Yeah, that's probably the range where you put him because, you know, injuries are always an issue with Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, that's that's pretty much what, what the what the problem is. When he's in there, he's a must start, but he, you don't you can't always count on him being in there. Yeah, well, he's in there now, so we're excited about that. And then, listen, Scott, on social media, one of the most popular questions I was getting over the last, you know, 24 to 48 hours was this idea about Smallwood and Clement, right? And I said going into this, I have a slight lean towards Clement. And, you know, I guess that's what happened, you know, if you talk about just straight fantasy points. Wendell Smallwood did have more carries, 18 carries for 51 yards. Clement has 11 for 43, but he does get in the end zone, and Clement was also a bigger part in the passing game, three catches for 26 yards. Based on what you saw last night, you know, Scott, I was going into this saying slight lean to Clement. Um, how do you think the Philly running back timeshare moves forward now that you have seen this piece of evidence from last night? Well, it kind of worked out like I expected to last t- last night because I, you know, we saw Small would play better last time, but uh, I think they're really going to go hot hand here and who's playing better. But it's it's going to be an even timeshare. With Wendell Smallwood, he was just very disappointing to watch. You know, Wendell, neither one of these guys is anything special. You know, that's the thing. Uh, to me, I'd ideally not to like to start either one of them if I, if I had to. Uh, Wendell Smallwood's nothing special. He doesn't make people miss. He doesn't push the pile. He doesn't break tackles. You know, it's just he just he got some vision. He's he's north, south, east, west. You know, there's nothing special about him. You know, Corey Clement has a little more little more ability to make people miss, but he doesn't have a lot of power. So you know, the, to me, these two guys are you know they're they're complementary pieces forced into a larger role. Uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised if we still have a trade deadline. I still wouldn't be surprised if that LaShawn McCoy trade happened because I think the front office and their scouts, after looking at those guys last night, saying, can we really make a deep playoff run? You know, last year they traded for Jay Ajayi, and contenders do that. You know, they'll make a big trade if they feel they, they have a crack. You know, this team ran the ball a lot last year. So, you know, this Eagles backfield, you know, the, the outlook might be changing of it very soon. Fair enough. I mean, if nothing else, you know, Darren Sproles is coming back as well. Maybe that'd be a boost in the PPR kind of aspect. But you think they might be in the trade market, huh? You're right. They did it last year with the Jai. You're right. They are a contender. Even at 3-3, three and three, they're obviously a contender in the NFC East. And as the defending Super Bowl champions, they have a target on their back. Scotty, give me a percentage chance. What do you think? Percent chance the Eagles go out and trade for a running back, whether it's LaShawn McCoy or otherwise. What are we talking? 25% chance or greater? I 
I say 50%. Really? Yes, watching those running backs last night, anybody with an experienced football eye can tell you that we saw absolutely nothing special. No, I think that's true. Let me ask you this, Scotty, okay? I, um, like I said, one of my best friends was in town from California, big Giants fan. So I got together at the bar after doing fantasy freestyle last night. I went to the bar with a couple of my boys to watch the game. Big time Giants fans. You know, so we're talking football. Um, here's my question. And I know it sounds crazy, but then I saw it and it was on the back page of the Daily News as well. The Giants are now one in five. Eli Manning is done, in my opinion. You know, he doesn't really have like, – maybe he has this year. Like, he's not. In everybody's opinion, it seems. Okay, fair yeah. enough, right? They tried two years ago to draft the heir apparent in Davis Webb. It did not work out. They tried to draft this year Kyle Laletta. Who knows if he has the opportunity to really be that guy. Scott, I'm going to say that the Giants should seriously consider – Colin Kaepernick. Listen, here's why. Scott, the New York, New York City is one of the few places in this country where I think like all of the stuff around Colin Kaepernick would may be embraced in a different way than in most places in the country. And what I saw with Saquon Barkley, can you imagine Colin Kaepernick and Saquon Barkley in like zone reads, RPOs, and then with Odell Beckham on the outside? Maybe there's a way they could get creative. They're not doing anything anyway right now. They're going to need to draft the quarterback in the next year or two anyway. What? Tell me why, Scott, that the, uh, Colin Kaepernick could not work here in New York for the Giants. Two reasons. A, number one, nobody's going to sign him. It's not, <laughs> not, not, not going to happen. I think we've all, we've all seen that. B, I think the Giants want to look towards the future at quarterback, and Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in over a year, and the last time we saw him, he wasn't that good either. So, you know, he put I'm up talking about stats. as a bridge. To the I, new guy. I, as to a, a draft pick. To the new guy? As uh, a bridge to a draft pick for the next one year or so. It's like and every, other, no it's like every other Colin Kaepernick scenario that people came up with last year that made sense. But nobody's going to sign him. Nobody's, nobody's going to touch it. Like, I, I, I understand, Scott. You're probably right. You know, they are clamoring for it in the back page of the Daily News today or yesterday. And the other thing is, like, but do you would – you, would you agree, Scott, that out of the 32, you know, cities or in the, in the NFL, or I guess it's less than that. It's probably, like, 29 cities in the NFL. Like, isn't New York one where maybe all the stuff around him would be not as big of a deal? Uh, and it, aren't I, the Maras one of the, was, like, blue-chip yeah, franchises here? Yeah, I I think it would be become a big deal and would become controversial, and they'd live with it. You know, I I could see that. You know, I uh, but I just don't think anybody's going to touch him. It's been over a year and a half, and he's still gone on side. It's look, it makes sense, but how many other like forty, fifty scenarios since he didn't sign made sense, and it it didn't happen? You know, it's going sure. back and beating that same drum from last year, and nobody's going to react. I hear you. Um... But Eli Manning is done, Scott, you know, and here's yeah. – I'm not, again, lobbying now for the Kaepernick thing, okay? But Eli Manning is done. They – you know, another thing one of my boys was saying, you know, he was like, listen, I love Saquon Barkley, but at this point I really wish we had Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield or even Josh Rosen at this point in time. The positional value of the quarterback, he's like, we should have just drafted the quarterback. We knew we were going to suck for the next two or three years. We should have just drafted the quarterback anyway. I love Saquon Barkley. He is clearly a stud running back. 
and will be an all-pro potential for years to come, barring injury. But the positional value in the NFL is so different, right? Like for drafting a running back number two overall to for them having gotten, say, a quarterback. I mean, what do you think the Giants do do? What do you think the Giants do next year? Is their starting quarterback Terod Taylor? Is their starting quarterback Joe Flacco? What do you think they need to do? Because the answer is not Eli Manning. Uh, there's really not out a lot out there on the on the market though. But they're gonna have a high draft pick next year, so uh, they'll probably draft Jake Browning out of Washington, yeah. Will Greer out of West Virginia. You think they're in the market there? If they're if they're picking in the top five, they they go quarterback this time because they they were there last year. Yeah, I think they're gonna have they're gonna have the opportunity again with all uh, with all in all likelihood unless you know they start reeling off a six game winning streak. Well, it doesn't look like that is going to happen. Unfortunately, also, Scotty, you know, we were talking, I've been talking about the home dogs and the home teams on Thursday night football. All of those trends went out the window on Thursday night. The Eagles get to 500 with a 34-13 win. I got to let people know, Scotty, that BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport, you know, and you can play live in-game. During the game, when you make when teams are making their run, you can make a bet and capitalize on it. Okay, Bet DSI is now also offering a thousand dollar bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code FNTSY. So that is betdsi.com. Use the promo code FNTSY. Head on over there and start winning today, Scotty. We got it's a football Friday, okay? So we talked about Thursday night football. We gotta move it forward and talk about Week Six. So here's what we're gonna do, all right, Scotty? In the middle segment coming up after. After the break, we're going to look at some of these guys' starts and sits based on injury reports. We have a new report from Inside Injuries that's about to get posted later on today. We will take you behind the curtain, and we'll go through that. My man Scotty Engel also has Week 6 ranks out. We'll talk about that real quick. And then at the end of the show, we will make our official picks and plays, survivor picks, picks against the spread. We may also look at some DFS action as well. A lot of stuff to do as we get ready for Week 6 of the NFL and the fantasy football season. We'll also take your calls if you want to join the show as we put the fun in functional sports radio. The number to call is 844-843-6879. You can find us on Twitter at Speeds. At Scotty Roto X, we are off and running Roto Experts in the morning on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Come on back, call the show. We talk DFS. We talk picks and plays for week six when we come back. Dan and Scott, let's go. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Push it. Push it real good. I'm pushing it real good. But here on Roto Experts in the morning, <clears throat> on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network, spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia, putting the fun and functional sports radio here as we get a football Friday, looking ahead to week six of the NFL and the fantasy football season. 
Listen, we're going to open the phones as well. So if you want to call and join the show, the number to call is 844-843-6879. Scotty, I got your week six ranks up. Okay, and I'm looking at some of these guys. I want to ask you about some quarterbacks real quick that you have a little bit higher than the consensus you have as back-end kind of quarterbacks inside your top 12, whereas the industry has them outside of their top 12 in terms of the consensus ranks. I want to get your thoughts this week on Andrew Luck and on Phillip Rivers, Scott. Um, Phillip Rivers. They're going to Cleveland, and a lot of people are like, can the Browns actually have a two-game winning streak? They are one of these road dogs, I mean home dogs that I talk about, but it's only like a point and a half, so this is pretty much a heads-up game. The Cleveland defense has been better than you may think, but Phillip Rivers can throw it, but it's pretty much anybody. You have him inside the top 12, Scotty, at number 11, a little bit higher than the consensus. You recommend starting Phillip Rivers over guys like Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, who already played and even the guy I'm ridiculously high on this week, Jameis Winston. Tell me why you like Rivers this week. Well, Cleveland uh, Cleveland is, is opportunistic, but they have the 25th-ranked pass defense in the NFL. And you know that Rivers is going to be flinging it around the yard. Yeah, you know, maybe It could be a three-touchdown, two-interception kind of game, but you know, people never give, in the fantasy world, never give Phillip Rivers full credit because they feel like he's not exciting for some reason and uh you know there's a very very high floor he's a very safe start yeah absolutely let's look over at running oh tell me about Andrew Luck though that was another guy I wanted to ask you about you know Andrew Luck playing against the New York Jets this week I mean you know I I say it this way as a volume kind of thing Scott there are a couple of quarterbacks I mentioned Jameis among them that are going to throw the ball like 45 50 times I think Andrew Luck on Sunday against the Jets may be one of them. Um, this run game has been nothing to speak of. I know you like Naheem Hines, and we've been on Hines for a while, but what do you expect out of Andrew Luck this week? I mean, he's still going to be without a lot of his weapons. Doyle's still out. It looks like T.Y. still banged up. Um, talk to me about your outlook on Luck this week. Yeah, with Luck, uh, like, like you said, all the indicators are there. How much he's been throwing the ball and the lack of a running game. The Jets have the 17th-ranked pass defense. Uh, you know, you can certainly throw on them. They give up 267 yards per game. So, uh, you know, Luck, to me, is a very safe start. Look, you know, I got Winston outside the top 12. Everybody loves the matchup, but Jameis Winston is like Andy Dalton. You know, he's anything but safe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but I, I like the, some rushing potential with Andrew Luck as well. He's one of those guys who sneak it at the one-yard line. Yep. So keep yep. an eye out on that as well. Scott, as I look over at the running back position, one thing that I think is interesting, you know, we talk about how the Rams, uh, you know, they, they're supposed to be this defense. You've been saying, though, that you could run on them. You saw what Seattle did in the run game against them recently. Um, so I want to ask you about Philip Lindsay. Uh, you have him as your running back number 13, a little bit higher than the consensus. Scotty, is, is, is Lindsay a PPR play, or do you think he's getting enough work in between the tackles as well that he's a startable RB2 even in standard? Yeah, I think he's a startable RB two, even even in a even even well, more of a flex in a standard. Okay. But the Rams certainly give it up on the ground. They have uh, they have the 18th ranked run defense in the NFL, the, uh, almost 107 yards per game. They don't let in a lot of touchdowns, which uh, but but still, Denver's Denver's game is going to have to be to try to play some ball control and keep that Rams defense off the field. So I think Lindsey plays a 
big part in that. Uh, they want to keep the ball out of Case Keenum's hand, even though it's a revenge game for Case Keenum. Ooh, interesting angle there. Revenge game for Case Keenum. It's true. I mean, I guess Case Keenum can technically have revenge games on a number of parts of the schedule with more than one team because he certainly has been around. One other running back I want to ask you about, because, Scotty, I'm tinkering with my DFS lineup as we speak as well. I heard, you know, Dan Stratford at the top of the hour giving the updates and stuff, and one of the things he mentioned was this Devontae Freeman injury. Right. And that he may be on the wrong side. He's got this foot. We know that Freeman's been banged up for a while. We talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday. You have Tevin Coleman, Scotty, as RB20 in PPR formats. Let me ask you something. Is that ranking with him as RB20 with the assumption that Freeman will play or that he won't play? Because if Freeman doesn't play, I think you've got to bump Tevin Coleman up. I've been talking about this Atlanta-Tampa matchup. 57 is the total. It is the highest total of the Sunday day slate. So I want to get all my players in on that one. Uh, you have Tevin Coleman as running back 20. Is that with the context of Devontae Freeman as in or out? That's the context with Devontae Freeman is out because mm. most reports are already indicating that he's not expected to play, but that's not a lo- not a long-term injury according to ESPN. But I can't bump up Tevin Coleman more than that because, you know, we've seen good matchups for Tevin Coleman before this season, and he hasn't delivered. Uh, against New Orleans, he started 15 carries for 33 yards and two catches for 14 yards. When to, when when. Devonta Freeman has been out. Tevin Coleman's given us absolutely no confidence that he can step up and go with it. And, it, and uh, they've been using Edo Smith as the goal line back. Yeah, that is true. I think I'm higher on Tevin Coleman this week than you, so I want to propose a gentleman's bet, Scotty. I, I like For me, I understand what you're saying. He hasn't shown that much. Edo Smith does mix in. But I just think, honestly, Scott, I just think that points will be had in this game. I think this total is 57 for a reason. I think Tampa Bay and Atlanta will go back and forth. I'll, I think there will be enough production to go around. So let me pose this gentleman's bet to you because we're kind of one-on-one on these, you know, and we on your ranks, you know, in week, uh, uh, where is it? In week two, you had Russell Wilson as like QB one. I was like, he's not even going to be top five. And it wound up being true on my side of the thing. In week four, you were talking about Calvin Ridley and Taylor Boyd and Mike Williams. And I was like, ah, I don't think any, all, I don't think those guys will be in the top 24. And two of them were Ridley and Boyd that week. So I want to pose this one to you looking at your ranks. You have Tevin Coleman as RB 20. You also have Chris Carson as RB16. I think Tevin Coleman could outscore Chris Carson this week. I would take the prop bet side of of Tevin Coleman over Chris Carson. I don't know if there's really any need for a gentleman's bet, and I'll tell you why. Because Tevin Coleman, I'm still ranking him as an RB2 and, Ah. you know, having some optimism there. You know, it's like... You, you say okay. gentleman's bet like I think the guy's going to stink and not do it again, what he did against New Orleans. There's still a chance he could bounce back. That's why I have him number 20, but I don't okay. have him number higher because what, what we've seen and also the Edo Smith factor. He would, be, he would be a lot higher. Like He'd probably like be like number 12 or number 13 if I had full confidence that he could deliver on this matchup. But I still have him respectfully ranked as an RB, too. 
Okay, fair enough. That makes sense. You know, you bo- you do both see these guys as RB2s, so I'm okay with that. Chris Carson is number 16 in your PPR ranks. Scotty, you have the other Seahawks back also as an RB2. Mike Davis comes in as number 21 in your rankings. You know, they go, uh, they probably are already across the pond, right? You figure they're already in London? Yeah, they're already there. There's been reports for practices already. You know, they, they, they okay. got there pretty early. So if they're already there, like I said, you got Carson as number 16, Mike Davis as number 21. Give me a little tea leaves on this one. Handicap, how do you think this is going to play out? How do you think the time is split? And you can check out all my lineup ranks right now on rotoexperts.com, either on the premium tab or the NFL tab. Uh, The Raiders are 27th ranked against the run right now. Uh, Carson's playing well. He's healthy for now. Breaking tackles, pushing the pile, extra yardage, and Mike Davis is a really, really nice flex. I have him ranked number seventeen. Uh, he's actually a free agent in some leagues and makes a terrific flex if you go out there and get him. Uh, the Raiders have allowed five touchdown runs to running backs. That's the most in the AFC, and Davis has three in his last two games. He's their he's their preferred goal line runner. Interesting. All right, so we shall see. It may be the difference like, between the 20s and then at the goal line. Remember, this game is at Wembley Stadium in London. Scott, I'm on my DFS roster. You know, and just to tell people, I've been, listen, I'm, I put my money where my mouth is, Scott. I've been talking about Jameis Winston that I love and that I love him in DFS, right? He's only 7,400. He is my DFS quarterback. This Tampa Bay-Atlanta game has the highest total on the slate by far. You remember the uh, Patriots-Chiefs is Sunday night, so that does not really count for the main slate. I got Jameis Winston. I'm stacking him with Mike Evans. I'm also getting Cameron, making America braid again into my lineup. He's only 4,500 on Fan duel, Scott. Then on, and I have Mike Evans. Then on the other side in this game, I'm going Calvin Ridley. So I'm getting a lot of running backs um, from this game. Let me uh, excuse me, uh, wide receivers from this game. Let me ask you though, Scott. I got a lot of running backs on FanDuel at the like mid six thousand level, and that's where I think I want to play this week. But check this out: Marshawn Lynch, sixty five hundred; Chris Carson, sixty four hundred; Tevin Coleman, who I mentioned at sixty three hundred; and then in another game where I think the running backs could be interesting, the Chicago Miami game: Kenyon Drake at sixty three hundred; Jordan Howard at sixty two hundred. If I wanted a mid range back in there, you think those might be some decent options? I'm staying away from the Miami Chicago game. You don't really? know what you're going to get from Kenyon Drake. Uh, I could see this game being like 9-6 with both Mm. teams playing really good defense here. Uh, I think Chicago's not going to be able to move the ball, I don't think. There's going to be a ton of punts, I I think, in this game. I would avoid it. If you really want to take a shot, uh, the Dolphins haven't been so good against pass-catching running backs. But I I just don't think Mitch Trubisky, you know, going down to South Florida in that heat against a defense that – uh, against opposing quarterbacks so far in two games, w- one touchdown pass allowed and five interceptions. I think he's going to have trouble moving the ball again. It's going to revert to what we saw previously to that last game. and They're going to sputter again. So I don't think that offense is going to have much upside. Tariq Cohen's been very, very unreliable. Now, look, you could use him as a tournament play because if he hits, he'll be lowly owned, I think. 
I would definitely be going with Marshawn Lynch for sure. This is a revenge game against the Seahawks, and he's undoubtedly going to get in the end zone and get some good yardage here. He's going to be fired up for this. His former teammates like Bobby Wagner have already talked about how fired up they are for this matchup. Football is a game of adrenaline and emotion. You know, check out my preview at Seahawks.com this morning. Uh, you know, I think Marshawn Lynch is like a must-start. In seasonal, I have him as my RB10. And in daily, at that price on FanDuel, I think he's an excellent play. All right, so listen, Scotty, I'm listening to you, and I'm getting running backs from this game in my lineup. I got Marshawn Lynch in at 6,500, and talk to me real quick. I'm going with Chris Carson at 6,400. If I had to pick one, I should go Carson over Davis, right? How much is Davis? Um, let's see. Right now, you got Chris Carson is at 6,400, and Davis is at, well, a lot cheaper, $700 cheaper at 5,700. 5,700. You have to look at the touchdowns, and he's going to be touchdown dependent. But if a running back is going to catch passes out of the backfield for the Seahawks, it's Davis and not Carson. So it's friendly. It'll help you save a little bit of money. Okay, interesting. So I'll take a look at that. Let me ask you something. When we're talking about Seahawks running backs, hey, Scotty, whatever happened with Rashad Penny? Well, you know, he had the finger injury. Uh, there were some weight issues, et cetera. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Brian Schottenheimer was saying yesterday that, uh, you know, that, that basically if you read between the lines, he's still got to pick up a lot of the fundamentals. And it's kind of the same thing that happened to Ronald Jones, but it gives me a good so, opportunity to bring up Ronald Jones right yeah. now real quick because yeah. coming out of the bye, and this team yep. has the last – Tampa Bay is the, the last-ranked run offense in the yep. NFL, the worst run offense in the NFL – they need to establish a running game, and it's a very good matchup against Atlanta. I would not be surprised if you see a breakout week from Ronald Jones as a ball carrier. Sure, he has problems in blitz pickup and receiving the ball, but he can be very dynamic with the ball in his hands. I w- if Ronald Jones is still a free agent in your league, I think this might be the last chance to get ahead of the curve and pick him up. No, I think that's very interesting. And to be honest, that's where I was going to go as well. You know, I, With Rashad Penny, Scott, you know, yeah, there's the weight stuff. Yeah, there was his finger stuff. But what I was going to say is, like, at this point, you see these other rookie running backs, their time. You know, we obviously talked about Saquon. You know how much I love the stereotype Sony Michelle. You know how much I love Carry On My Wayward Son. But I was going to make that exact point. You know, Naheem Hines is starting to emerge. Even a guy like Ronald Jones, who was literally inactive, you know, for the first few games, even he is now kind of, you know, growing in his opportunity with this team. Why, what, why hasn't Rashad Penny started the upswing as well? Well, we are now six weeks into the season. He's had plenty of time to shed the weight. The finger is healed by now. Like I'm saying, even an inactive Ronald Jones, I like that call, Scotty. You know, maybe starting to get more opportunity. Like, why Why is Rashad Penny being left behind? The Seahawks use their first-round pick on this guy. Well, Jones was actually active last week and got some touches. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with Penny, it, it, all that stuff put him behind the curve right now in, in terms of – you know, just being ready for what they feel is the pro game. Do you think there's any chance, you know, like if we fast forward, I do this a lot, Scott, you know, we're talking about fast forwarding when Deontay Foreman might be there in Houston, right? Fast forwarding to when Le'Veon Bell has his feet, uh, feet under him in Pittsburgh. Like if, if we talk, it's not early October, if this was early November, you know, we're talking about week 10, is Rashad Penny in the mix for Seattle by then? 
Or is this just a lost year for if, him? If Chris Carson gets injured, because the last time Carson was deactivated, he got some carries, but he was still the number two running back behind Davis. So I think only injuries can push him up the depth chart. All right, fair enough. Hey, Scotty, real quick. Um, I want to give out some defenses, okay, some streaming defenses. You all know about Jacksonville. You don't know about Chicago. You know about Baltimore. Scotty, give me out one or two defenses here that may be available this week. Um that would be really good streams. I told people on Fantasy Freestyle last night that if you can still go get the Green Bay Packers, I like their matchup. I'm attacking CJ Beat hard. Tell me uh, some other defenses that may be unowned that aren't these stud teams like Chicago and Jacksonville that you really like the matchup of this week. Let's help people with defenses. Well, I already said Miami. You know, I like them. I certainly like them. But, uh, one defense I got to give Daily Roto credit for, you know, in the National AP article is uh, this week is uh, they they like Buffalo a lot because Buffalo has 12 sacks, you know, which is sort of middle of the pack, and that Houston right. offensive line is it's not it's not good, and you know Buffalo has shown some ability to run rush the passer here, and you got to Sean Watson playing with a chest injury. I think Buffalo, you know, according to Daily Roto, is a really sneaky good play. Interesting. You have Buffalo inside your top 10 at number 10 against Houston. Listen, they will get pressure on Deshaun Watson. I'll tell you that. And it's not like the Texans has much of a running game. So that is an interesting call. Also inside your top 10, Scott, on teams, you know, teams that may not be owned that you can go ahead and get the Miami Dolphins inside your top 10 against Chicago. You don't have much faith in the Chicago offense. Green Bay Packers, as I mentioned, against San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys. Also interesting hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. This could be a combination of Blake Bortles turning it over, and on the other side, Dallas playing time of possession, so Jacksonville doesn't have much time with the ball. We're off and running here. We'll make our picks, and we'll talk even some more defenses to target when we come back. It's Roto Experts in the Morning, Dane and Scott, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. I'm down with the king, El Rey de Fantasia, Scott Angle here as we come back on Roto Experts in the morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're gonna, we gave out some defenses, we talked about some DFS action, Scotty likes Marshawn Lynch in a quote-unquote revenge game after his uh, strawberries and cream over there in London. That's going to be an interesting game, don't forget. That Seattle-Oakland game is from Wembley Stadium in London. Odd, though, that the London game doesn't have that, like, standalone early start. You know, so that's interesting. Remember, we're getting into our last segment here. We're going to be making our picks, our survivor picks, and we're going to get to that in just a second. First, though, we have a caller. It's our good friend Kenny in Philly, friend of the show. Dilly dilly to him. How's it going, Cowboy? How you feeling? How you doing, Dave? Sidewind and Paul Cat. What's up, fellas? How you doing, Dane? All right. 
I, I told you guys, well, I told you, Dan, yesterday on the other show that I was going to call that. Well, let's get yeah. to the basics there. Hey, uh, yeah, let's see if Scott wants some action, because I'm with you, by the way, Kenny. I am with you. I think I am taking Denver plus seven and a half at home in this game. The Rams wide receivers are banged up. The altitude, the non-conference road games, back-to-back road games for the Rams after Seattle, which is usually a physical affair. I think seven and a half is a little too much, Kenny. I'm with you. Denver plus seven and a half may be one of my picks, but go ahead. Yes, yes, guys. So we're going to make a gentleman's bet on that. I'm actually going to actually go and actually bet that uh, later on today here. All so, right. I'm, uh, I'm going to be sorry to see you lose. You know, right now this is the best team in the NFL. It looks like Cup and Cooks are going to play. And even if they did, I think they're so much better than the Broncos. I don't care what the altitude is. The Broncos have an overrated defense that's not that good. They have a bad quarterback that's going to make mistakes. Uh, I think I think the Rams are definitely going to blow you know, both their rates them at some point. Any given Sunday, Scotty. Any given ask the Buffalo Bills. Any given mm-hmm. Sunday. If you have to resort to that cliche, then I think I've won the debate. <laughs> <laughs> what else you got, Kenny? Um, um, last week I left. Unfortunately, um, I got the uh, the alert that Geronimo Allison was out, and I had yeah. to leave him in the lineup. And my only other option, who I would have put in, was of course was Robbie Anderson, who finally caught a ball. Finally, I mean, I actually yeah, he my- did two of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, two of them. So I was actually kind of kind of upset about that. But this week, my Saints are off, so it's going to feel good just sitting back watching the. Uh, Watching all the games or whatever, and Scotty, you know what weekend uh, this is uh, uh, this weekend, man. You know it comes on Sunday at two o'clock, right? My favorite race, Talladega, and I can't wait. So it's going to be a great weekend. I can't wait. All right, guys, have picture in picture. picture. Yes, that's correct. Well, I actually have. I'll have the football games on my tablet and my laptop, and I'll have my. I have the race on the big screen, of course. So. Yeah, that that'll be a roll of the dice, uh, you know, because of all the crashes that happened there. Uh, Father and son fantasy NASCAR hour on later tonight uh, on demand on the road uh, the uh, fantasy sports radio network. Also, it's going to be interesting because you know people are going to do uh, two tire pit stops probably at the end with all the uh, playoff points and all that. So to have them going 200 miles an hour only with only two good tires is going to be, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. So uh, I'll let you guys get back, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys this weekend. Well, uh, well, excuse me, next week. Sounds good, Kenny. You have a great week. You know, I mean, listen, the month of October is crazy, right? You have so many screens up, right, between football. You got Major League Baseball playoffs. Apparently, it's coming down to it in NASCAR as well. And also, Scotty, the NBA tips off next week. So I got to let people know, Scotty, that the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL premium subscribers are using to win each week. Now for NBA DFS contest as well. We told you about the subscribers winning hundreds of dollars every night. We told you about people winning thousands, tens of thousands, people taking down tournaments like our guy Colin Drew winning hundreds of thousand dollars, and how DailyRoto.com has produced seven, count them, seven millionaire tournament dollar, million dollar tournament winners, okay? So go on over to the Daily, uh, DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY, and you will get a special discount. Scotty, one of the things that uh, our boy Kenny in Philly brought up that I want to ask you about real quick before we get to our picks. He talked about how, like, when he got the notification of Geronimo Allison. Now, this week, the Green Bay Packers are on Monday Night Football. And a lot of people are asking me on social media, Scott, like, do I start uh, Valdez Scantling again because Cobb and Allison are, like, look like they might be out? 
And my thing is here, like, that's risky because, Scotty, you're going to have to make that decision, right? Because on your lineup, you probably have Marcus Valdez-Scanling or somebody else. Let's say, for, for lack of a term, and whether you think this is the right comparison or not, let's say it's Christian Kirk, right, that you're deciding between. Now, you have incomplete inf- injury information by the time you have to make that decision. You may not know about um, Cobb and Allison until after you have to pull the trigger. Um, does that give you cause for pause for someone like uh, or any of the Green Bay uh, wide receivers? Two things I'll say. When you're in yeah. doubt, you just always go with the, with the guy that you know is healthy and out yeah. there, and there's no questions about it. Second yeah. off, though, you know, I, I think we're going to know about this already. Those two guys return to practice, and if it's a Monday game, I think by Saturday you're going to have a lot of information. You know, this happened last week. By This happened last week, too. You know, with this team, when, when those guys weren't practicing on Friday, I comfortably had Marcus Valdez-Scantling in my lineup. So I think if those guys continue to practice today and tomorrow, you're going to know. And I think you can make your decision by Saturday and feel confident about it. Okay, and just to be clear, if Cobb, if Cobb and Allison are playing, then obviously there's no need for Valdez Scantling, right? No, then I think you know you gotta you gotta you have to go with some other you know dice rolls that you feel good about that they're okay. out there on the waiver wire. But what about this, Scotty? What if it looks like, and you're right. Let's say they get this. You get information on Saturday, right? What if it looks like one of them is playing? Let's say Cobb is back. But Allison, I know he cleared the concussion protocol, but they say he's got a hamstring or a shoulder, something like that as well. He has got another injury. So let's say it's one of them. Let's say one comes back. Cobb is in, but Allison is out. Then how would you treat uh, Valdez Scantling? Depends on your other options. But uh, okay. like, like I'll give you an example. I wouldn't start him over Mohamed Sanu, you know, who has a really good <laughs> matchup. But I, yeah. you know, I would, I would, I would, I would start him over Christian Kirk against against Minnesota because the the, uh, the the third receiver is going to be relevant in the passing game, and uh, you know San Francisco has the worst pass defense in the NFL. They're actually like uh, tied right now. Okay, fair enough, and you bring that up, and that is a great transition for me, Scotty, because I'm going to tell you right now that for Week Six. My survivor play is the Green Bay Packers. I don't see any way C.J. Bethard goes on the road into Lambeau Field on Monday night against the Packers, who need this win. Remember, they are one of those four 2-2-1 two, two teams here in the NFL. I think the Packers need this win. I think they are at home on national TV. I think they get this win. The Green Bay Packers are my survivor pick. I have not picked them yet this year for survivor. And on these picks, uh, Scotty, I am 4-1. and one. I lost the only time with the Vikings with the Bills game. Uh, you are three and two on these picks. Packers are my survivor pick this week. Who are you taking in survivor, Scotty? By the way, I was wrong on San Francisco defense, fifteenth rank. I'm sorry about that. I'm but, still attacking them. Uh, so you you want my survivor pick? I'm, yeah, I, I never I never go with the obvious. Only you know in, in, in a, just in right because it gives you an out to talk about it when you get it wrong. When you get it wrong, this way you have an out, so you could be like, oh, I was going hard about it. Yeah, it gives you yeah. that. Well, you, you know, know, after you you list the nineteen things that you got right, we could talk about you <laughs> know that for what I got wrong. But uh, you know. I like to do it for two reasons. Number one, I like to have a little more fun with it. Number two, you know, a team like Green Bay may have been used already to give the users an alternative. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks uh, over the over the Raiders for sure. Uh, I don't care where they play. I think the Seahawks are are definitely the better team. 
Okay, fair enough. So let me ask you this. I look at this uh, game, Scotty. The Oakland Raiders are getting three points. It's not like the home dog per se, but the Seahawks are three-point favorites. You seem to be confident. Uh, talk to me about your against-the-spread picks. Are, are the Seahawks minus three? One of your picks there as well. Give me your first pick against the spread or totals. We pick three a week here on Roto X. Yeah, it is, it is the Seahawks against the Raiders. Okay. Emotions are going to be running high with Marshawn Lynch in his revenge game. But the Seahawks against that Raiders defense, they have advantages on all just about every skill position here. Check out my preview on Seahawks.com this morning above that game and all the fantasy, all the, your, your fantasy starts on the site. And on the other side, I just think the Seahawks defense is opportunistic enough where Derek Carr is not going to be able to do what he wants to do. Uh, I think Jordy Nelson will have a pretty good game, but uh, I think the Seahawks definitely win this game. I think they feel they definitely need it as a must win for them after they dropped to two and three last week. All right, fair enough. So Scotty believes in the Seattle Seahawks this week, making him his survivor pick and his first pick against the spread of Seahawks minus three against the Oakland Raiders over there in that London game. I already told you, Scotty, I'm going to take I'm going to ride with Kenny so we could talk about it on Monday. I'm going to take the Denver Broncos plus seven and a half against the Rams. Listen, these home dogs are something that I'm going to be on last week, you know, against the Seahawks. You know, it was also, you took the Rams minus seven and a half in Seattle, and that wound up being like a two-point game. I just think seven and a half is a lot for a home dog, so I'll take Denver. I'm riding with Kenny, but I digress. The other pick I'm going to make right now is we go back and forth here. You gave out Seattle minus three. Um, Scotty, give me... And, you know, we talk about these home teams, but this one is not a home dog per se because it's actually a pick em. I got a pick em on the board right now. Give me the Carolina Panthers to beat the Washington football team this week. I just think Carolina is a better team. I think they are a more dynamic offense with guys like Christian McCaffrey, Greg Olson coming back. I think Cam can do work against this defense. And on the other side, Scotty, honestly, the Washington football team is so banged up and really doesn't have many playmakers. Adrian Peterson banged up. Chris Thompson banged up. Jamison Crowder banged up. Paul Richardson banged up. I think all when all is said and done, that leans and it's just a pick 'em. All I got to do is pick this game right. I think Carolina gets the win. My second play this week is Carolina in a pick 'em at Washington. Okay, so my final two is uh, obviously I'm going to go against you guys and take the Rams uh, laying the seven points. I just think they're a so much better team than the Broncos. I don't care what the altitude is. Put the game underwater. You know, that I still think, you know, they're decisively beating the Broncos, who made a big okay. mistake in signing Case Keenum. Their defense is not playing good, and they're just not built to play to, to keep up with the Rams. I don't, I don't think uh, – I, I think ultimately the Rams are probably going to win by 10 or 13. And my other pick is for the under on Chicago and Miami, 41 and a half. Mm. Like I said, this could be a battle of field goals here. Uh, I don't like either offense. And uh, I, I think Mitch Trubisky is going to revert back to what he was prior to his last big game. So I think it's definitely under 41 and a half. Okay, yeah, I mean, that is consistent with what you've been saying all week long, right? You said you don't like the running backs in this game. You still don't believe necessarily in the Bears' offense despite them going crazy against Tampa in their last effort. Now they're coming off the bye, going into the heat in Miami, um, and, you know, Miami is direct of playmakers as well. So Scotty is going Seattle minus three. 
Uh, the Rams minus seven and a half on the road, and the total for Chicago Miami under forty one and a half. I'll give you. I'm giving out the other side of that game. Give me Denver plus the seven and a half. I just like the home dogs this week. Give me Carolina to beat Washington. That's a pick 'em. The last pick I will make is also another home dog, Scotty. Give me. Give me the Tennessee Titans. Give me the Tennessee Titans at home against Baltimore. Listen, Joe Flacco is coming back down to earth a little bit. I think Baltimore are one of these teams that are much better at home than they are on the road. They go on the road to Tennessee. Tennessee, every game they play is kind of close and scrappy and kind of ugly, to be quite honest. So if I can get them getting points at home, um, I think that is a good bet. Give me Tennessee as a home dog against the Baltimore Ravens. So I have Tennessee plus three, Carolina pick'em, and Denver plus seven and a half. Those are our picks for week six here on Roto Experts in the morning in our survival. By the way, picks. one so, more point yeah. in that Miami-Chicago game. Miami yeah. lulling interceptions with 10. Okay, so that could be another reason. You know, Scotty, you had Miami as one of your streaming defenses this week. You have them inside your top 10 as number nine this week as a defense, well ahead of the industry ranks. You have, like, you know, Miami ahead in the top 10, ahead of the consensus. Buffalo in your top 10, higher than the consensus. You're higher on the Tennessee Titans as well. Scotty, you have the Titans as your number four defense. So does that mean you like my pick here of uh, Tennessee plus three at home against Baltimore? Yes, I do. And, uh, you know, they've been a very underrated fantasy defense this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, to recap, Scott, you know, because we talk all week long. I've been telling people that it's interesting. There are some games with very high totals, the Atlanta-Tampa game, the Pittsburgh-Cincy game, the Rams-Denver game. Those games have high totals in the 50s. And then a ton of games, Scott, have really, really low totals. Chicago-Miami you talked about, right? Um, Buffalo-Houston is 41. Jacksonville-Dallas at 40.5. Baltimore-Tennessee at 41. It's kind of like a big gap. you got these hugely high total games and then some real low total games this week as well. You got to figure the fantasy goodness is coming for those um, in, is coming in those games where the total is pushing 60, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we do have one game at 60, so uh, yeah. that's incredible. It absolutely is. And uh, I'll say it last, my last time, this Tampa Bay-Atlanta game with the total at 57. Scotty, I'm getting any possible pass catcher from this game. Uh, Jameis Winston returns. We know how I don't like Atlanta safeties have been replaced. And then this Tampa Bay uh, pass defense themselves are blunt guts trash. I think there's going to be so much potential in this one. Would you take the over or the under on this game? It's at 57. I want to close out with your pick on the over-under on this game. And then also, so, you know, am I right that you should get everybody in these, uh, in the, on those two teams in your lineups this week? I would say uh, where do you, you know, draw the line? Go with the over. Uh, Tampa Bay is the worst pass defense in, in the entire NFL. Well, uh, Tampa Bay has just been – they've been incredibly bad, you know, in, ter- in terms of the defense and uh, all the – Did they get into that, that fix after you their bye? There. What's that? No. They just had their bye. Do you think they fix anything over the bye? No, they didn't they didn't make any trades during the bye. The uh, 28th ranked pass defense, Atlanta is the 22nd ranked pass defense. I can't say start everybody here because I wouldn't start any of the Tampa Bay running backs, but right. uh well, you, what's what's going to be interesting though is with Deshaun Jackson 
people are going to use him in daily, but he plays better with Ryan Fitzpatrick than right. than with uh, Jameis Winston. This could be a really nice game for Chris Godwin, who uh, averaged 15.4 yards per catch working with Winston last year. Interesting. Deshaun Jackson, 6500 on FanDuel. Chris Godwin, $600 cheaper at 5900 It sounds like, Scott, you're saying pivot and go with Chris Godwin. I'm also telling people left and right, Cameron Brait is only $4,500 on FanDuel. Scotty, what's the update on O.J. Howard? You know, like he was limited in practice. You think he's going to go? I think I, – because I'm worried that if he doesn't go, then I think it's all Cameron Brait. But if O.J. Howard is there, does that compromise my play? Uh, I think it does in a way because it's going to make things more unpredictable here because Howard is coming back a little early according to the inside injuries timeline and from other reports that we've seen, you know, how involved will he be? And even with O.J. Howard in there, you know that Jameis Winston is preferred to throw to Cameron Brayton in the red zone. Yep, and I think points will be scored. So I'm going to try and make America braid again. Hey, Scotty, have a great weekend, all right? We'll be back to talk about everything that happened on Monday, including, uh, you know, this Rams-Broncos game where we're heads up. But have a great weekend, Scotty. Roto Experts in the morning. Fantasy Sports Today is up next. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.